Hello, everyone. Welcome back to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek related. I'm Tim. And I'm Trey. And we are back. And this time we are looking at our first appearance of Chris Evans as our Captain America. So sit back, relax as we discuss and review our take on Captain America, the first Avenger. Because you know, it's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or ballet, I agree. If it's a kind of sword, a beach, or a tree, it's all It's just all geek to me. All right, we're back with our MCU watch. So this time we are on movie number five. It's been a while. Um, we kind of wanted to take a step back from superheroes for a bit, and we still are going to be doing that. But we also wanted to continue with this Marvel watch as we start watching some of these older movies in which part of me kind of en- enjoys a little bit more than what we're getting now. And we'll talk about Honestly, that. Honestly, you're not wrong. Like, dang. But I'm excited to do some other stuff besides superheroes. Um, But it's nice to have a sprinkle every now and again. Because we started this MCU watch and we do have to finish it. So like Trey was saying, we're going to have other stuff. We're going to be doing some maybe some director deep dive. Some, you know, different movie sagas or something like that. We'll be talking about a lot of different things. Different books, movies, games. But, you know, with a sprinkle of MCU here and there, it's going to be fun. It will be. But for today, we are going into what I would actually consider, and still consider, my favorite Phase 1 movie. And that it's a little odd because, not from what I've been told, not a lot of people enjoy Captain America the First Avenger. Really? This has always been my favorite of the, the first phase. Like, Same. I love this movie. It's so good. I want to know like, if it oh actually... Gosh. If my review and like going through our critique, if it is the top one still, or if in a very, um, what is the right word? In a very unbiased view, is it better than, I think my number one right now is Iron Man. My number one is Iron Man as well with a 6.8. Mine is with is a my 7. Highest. So can Captain America beat... The original Iron Man. To be fair, Iron Man was on the old scale. Iron Man was so on the is, old scale. It is slightly different. There's more to go off of it. Um, Take that as you will. But we're going to find out. All right. So I think what I first want to talk about before we get into the review of the movie is just some news around Captain America along with news about Captain America when it first was introduced. So when Chris Evans was announced as Captain America, there was a divide. I remember this. Even though I really wasn't watching the movies at the time, I remember people talking about it because Chris Evans has been a part of quite a few comic book movies. And a lot of them are not Captain (laughs) America-esque. And the most notable is the Human Torch in the original Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, and and with that, there was a lot of people that just did not think he would have the capability of presenting himself as a soldier and a morally correct character. Like, I am going to stand firm in this and this and this. Whereas his Human Torch character and a lot of the characters he played when he was younger was very much happy-go-lucky, let's just do whatever I want, even in some of the rom-coms he was in. It was yeah, a bold man. choice. It was. It was a bold choice, especially because I I believe his most recent performance was the Fantastic Four, like one and two. I think so. And like you were saying, like if you look at the character of Human Torch and Steve Rogers... Johnny Storm and Steve Rogers are not similar. And I think that just kind of shows 
how good of an actor Chris Evans is because he plays both really well. Oh, absolutely. that showed his range and some people believed it right off the bat some people didn't i was i was kind of like you i was watching them but i wasn't like super into following like actors and like you know knowing their previous roles and stuff like as like i am now and so i i kind of saw the casting and i was like oh that's fun cool wasn't that the guy that played the human torch oh whatever okay yeah. you know i didn't really think of anything of it and so i didn't really have an opinion then but i i'm i'm with you i remember people talking about it and people questioning his ability and some people fool in favor of it. And it's kind of interesting, the different divides for these, you know, projects that were people are passionate about. Yeah. You know, people develop these opinions and it's still happening today on, on different things. And I I think another thing about his casting that was such a divide was he was the last Avenger to be cast. Like at this point, yeah, Everyone knew the Avengers movie was coming. Like, it's been hinted at. It was announced. Like, everyone knew. We already had Nick Fury. We already had who was playing Iron Man, who was playing Thor, who was playing Hulk. Or at least everyone thought we knew who was playing Hulk. <laughs> we also had Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah. And so, like, you had this big cast already, and everyone was like, okay, they announced Captain America as a movie. Who's playing him? Like, who's going to be the last member of the Avengers? And I think when everyone saw Chris Evans, who is known at the time of that happy-go-lucky character, there everyone's like, what? Can he play alongside Robert Downey Jr.? Can he play alongside Chris Hemsworth? And we know the answer is yes. And I would actually say he's probably the best one of those three, personally. I love Captain America and Chris Evans. But it was a big topic around the time. And then the movie came out. And I don't think a lot of people were very pleased with it not being focused on setting up the Avengers. A lot of people, I think, were hoping for kind of like how Thor and maybe Iron Man 2 worked out where it was more present day leading up to something. Captain America was a full-fledged origin story with it being very outside the present time. Even like so far World War Two period peace war movie outside yeah. the present time. Like <laughs> And I think that yeah. works in its benefit, but a lot of people I don't think enjoyed it during the time. I think it's actually grown better the longer it's been out. Mm-hmm. I love that they didn't do a modern piece on it. I think that would have felt weird for for him, because especially if they like following the same story of like like I almost picture the only thing that he could have done is like flashbacks. You know, like have a story during our present time with flashbacks to World War II. And I feel like that wouldn't have landed as well. I agree. So I'm really happy what they did with this, the sandwich that they created in this film of, you know, they open up and it's modern day in the ice. They find the ship and then they immediately jump back in time and they focus everything on World War II, everything on his full on origin story like you were saying. And then at the very end, it's him waking up back in New York. Yeah. And this is going way ahead of our MCU watch, and we'll talk about this when we get there eventually. But I like what you said where like they didn't do the flashbacks. They chose to show the, the origin in the canological timeline, not have two stories going back to back. If we jump way forward, I think that was the problem with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel yeah. did almost the same formula as Captain America did, where it was like, okay, this is set in the past. And you have a whole story here, but it was a lot of flashbacks. It was a lot of yeah. like trying to figure out who you are and what happened previously while also being part of the present. And when I say present, the 1990s. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that eventually, but it's a very clear stylistic choice that I think works in Captain America's favor. Now, before we head into actual review, one last thing. This just came up yesterday when in the time of recording this. They're, they just announced a new movie, which was already announced, but Captain America 4, A New World Order, is going to star Falcon as the new Captain America. And they, I, love, I love that. I, I love, love that it. he's the new Captain America, and I think I'm very excited to see it. Same. But they just announced the villain, or at least what we think is going to be the villain. 
and it's going to be the character, the actor who played uh, Mr. Blue in The Incredible Hulk that we reviewed second on this watch is going to be reprising his role as the leader. And I'm so excited about that because I thought that was a dead end. I didn't think they were ever going to pick that piece up again. Well, I think I think everyone thought that about this whole movie. Like, I thought they were, like, I think everyone up until recently thought that they weren't going to touch anything from The Incredible Hulk at all. And now they are, which is really cool, because in She-Hulk, they brought back Abomination. Same guy, you know, playing him, and it's, they brought the cat, that character back. Now they're bringing back the leader. I think it's really cool that they're they're starting to bring stuff back from this movie and they're actually acknowledging its existence because up until now they never acknowledged it. Exactly. They they changed the character, they changed the actor from Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo and they never acknowledged anything about it. And I'm happy they are. I'm I'm really happy they're they're bringing some stuff back and they're bringing and especially the leader. I really liked the character of Mr. Blue and I'm excited to see what they do like with him now. And cause it's been a long time since we've seen him. So he's, he's been up to something. Yeah. He's been yeah. doing stuff in between been. then and now. And so I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how they fit him into the MCU, like the current MCU cause it's changed so much. And yeah, I think it's gonna be really good. I'm, I'm happy they're finally acknowledging the film. Same. All right. Let's now jump into our captain America review. So Tim, we're just going to jump right into the first one that we always do, acting. There's been, there are some big name actors in Captain America. What do you think? Oh man, um, I loved it. I loved the acting. It was so good. Like I, I think everyone did a great job, from the Howling Commandos to, you know, the people that will be forming Shield. Um, like Peggy and the general and like all of them to cap to, you know, every single person did a great job. Like Hugo weaving. You can't go wrong when you cast Hugo weaving. Oh like, no. Well, you got Elrond. You kind of can. Like, oh my God. And they kind of did, but I'll talk about that in another, another. Section. Okay. I'm curious. I'm curious <laughs> what you're going to say. Um, but yeah, like I, I loved the acting all around. Uh, this is my highest score to date. Um, which is a nine. Oh, right. I see that. Like, yeah. The So to clarify, I'm sure you're, everyone's asking, Tim, that's one. That's a high score too. Why didn't you give it a 10? You've said nothing wrong about it yet. Well, the only reason I, did, I didn't give it a 10 was because there was a couple moments that felt awkward to me with extras. Um, the one, the main one I'm thinking of is, I forget the actress's name. But when Captain America officially becomes Captain America and saves, you know, Bucky and the whole one, the remaining 107th from Hydra imprisonment, and he's waiting to get his shield tested out. And the one girl is like, you're an American hero. And I need to thank you for all the men's wives and like starts <laughs> kissing on Captain America. Um, that's like that scene always feels awkward to me. Um and I, I don't know if it's more directing or like writing or if it's her acting because you don't really see her in many other places in the film. Um, you see her in the background and she like walks in and hands papers to different people and then walks away. or uh, But that's like one of her real main moments. Um, and it always just kind of felt awkward to me. And so it did on this time. And so that dropped my score down from a 10 to a 9, okay. which is still really high. But yeah. Yeah, I... I'm close there. Um, as I was looking at the movie, remembering all, a lot of the the actors and like what they did after the movie, I know we're not trying to compare, but it's hard to when <laughs> we're with these characters for so long and we know where, where they're going. Yeah. And for me, I think a lot of them were great. Chris Evans nailed the role. Like there's no doubt in my mind after this movie, people were like, he is Captain America. And same with Peggy Carter. So Haley Atwell, I think I said her name right. uh, She did phenomenal as Peggy. And you could feel the tension and the romance between Chris Evans and her throughout the movie. And it felt real. Mm -hmm. And 
that was so essential to the movie and for everything coming later. Because this whole yeah. character is really grounded in, I had a last stance or I had a date. I, I did what I, I had to do even past my own kind of wants. Mm-hmm. And I really like that chemistry. I would also say Tommy Lee Jones was yes. phenomenal. He did a great job. He is the one character that I honestly kind of wish he was never in the movie. Now you might be asking, why does that? Why You just said he was great. I'm like, yeah, but it was such a small role. And I was you like, see more of I want to see more. I would love to have seen Tommy Lee Jones in a major role of the MCU. And unfortunately, yeah. we're never going to see that again because this is set in the past. Yep, we're never going to see it. It's not going to happen. And then the last one I would say is you got Stanley uh, Tushi, Tuki. I don't know how to say his name. He was the one who played the doctor. And um, he's the doctor who made the serum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I forgot the I name. Like, the German doctor. doctor for a second. Yeah. He was really good, too. You really felt for his almost uh, moral ideology. And yes. him wanting Captain America, um, Steve Rogers. The only... So the reason that I'm not giving this a 10. You made a good point with the extras. I think that was a really big point. Um, when we talk about acting, we can't talk about just the main characters. We have to talk about everyone. Bucky. So I love... You didn't like this, Bucky in this movie? I, I love Sebastian Stan. I do. What? But I don't think he had really like the grounded character yet. Like he eventually becomes a phenomenal character, phenomenal acting. But I think this one there was a bit of choppiness there. And I, I will th- say his character grows on you in this film. It does. In my opinion. It does. The the like start off when you first meet him, I think is perfect. When he saves Steve in the alley, by beating up the uh, the one guy out, out behind the movie theater. Perfect intro to Bucky. But then you, you rescue him, and he's like kind of the drugged, half-beaten guy for a second. And that feels awkward to me. But then, you know, he, he picks it back up, and I think he's great until he dies. <laughs> I, I agree with that, and I, I like the character and the character development in this movie. I just don't think he landed a lot of his lines the way he does later on. So this is strictly acting, not really the character. He does a good job at portraying the, I'm going to protect you, and then, nope, you're the one protecting me now character. That's great. It's just more of the way he says some of the lines, especially in the, the train scene. And I would also say the scene in which he is uh, basically telling Steve Rogers, stop going into those um, recruitment centers. Like, how many people are you now? Like, the whole world of oh, tomorrow. Really? I, l- I loved that that scene of him. I just That's felt so like it was a, just a very, very small detail of choppiness. I might be nitpicking here. That's the point of it, though. Like, yeah. you, that's a good nitpick. But I... I, I kind of disagree, which is why mine was a nine and not an eight, because I loved the fact that he, like, I felt like something I wrote down that I was actually going to talk about more in like character arcs, arcs, which is like the next thing we're talking about is like villain, uh, hero story, and character arcs and stuff. Steve and Bucky's relationship seemed so natural to me, like they seemed like best friends from childhood, and I thought some of that was the way that that. Sebastian Stan delivered his lines in those moments like in the uh, the world's fair you know where Steve's like oh I'm at a fair I'm gonna try my luck and Bucky's like dude don't do this I really enjoyed those moments like that those those dialogue moments between the two of them it felt natural to me of like I in my head I pictured this is like the fourth or fifth or sixth time that Bucky's had this exact same conversation with Steve and so that's why he may not be like as like passionate or like into the, having that conversation right then. Cause he's like, dude, we've had this conversation before. Like, don't do this. You're going to get caught. 
how many times do I have to tell you? Like, I'm getting tired of telling you this. And so that's how I interpreted it. But okay. that just might be me. I, I can see that. I'm still sticking to it. I think he does a much better in the other movies. And it's more of his quips. I will quips. agree with that. Like, his quips, for me, just didn't feel right like the timing yeah. or maybe the way he like said them a lot of the his monologues i enjoyed it was just mm-hmm. more of like the in-between moments in between characters that's like oh you grew or something like that because yeah yeah you're you're taller yeah you know yeah those moments so things like that yeah, I so see that. overall it's still a high score i gave it an 8.5 8.5 is pretty high still. Yeah. So it's yeah. still, I think this is one of my favorite movies so far acting wise. But moving on to the story, I had to drop some. I had to drop some points here. <laughs> as much as I love the Captain America story, there's one big point. There's one big issue with this movie. Oh, what is it? What's your big issue? Hit it me with it. Where is the Red Skull? The Red Skull is not in this movie a lot. Really not at all. Like His whole thing is about this big plan of his. And we see him. We get two scenes with Captain America and the Red Skull together. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like the big thing. Other than Baron Zemo, Captain America's arch enemy is the Red Skull. And I love the actor. I think he did a phenomenal job with Red Skull. Hugo Weaving is great. Hugo Weaving is awesome. And when I said that there was one big problem with Hugo Weaving, it was that they didn't utilize him. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And so for me, I love the story still. I love that it was really more about Captain America becoming Captain America, developing those morals, developing the courage. Yet... I wish they would have done it with the Red Skull. Mm -hmm. Because even by the end of the movie, it never felt like the Red Skull was his arch enemy. It just felt like he was a person in the way of the goal. Whereas in like the comics and stuff with the Red Skull, Red Skull was always out to get Captain America. Yeah, he was a Nazi, but like his focus was Captain America, the super soldier serum, things like that. Yeah. And I just didn't feel that in this movie. And so that was my big critique with the story. But I honestly loved it being set in World War II. I think that was one of the mm-hmm. best story elements in, in this movie. Yeah. What did you give it? What was your score out of curiosity? I, I did give it a seven. So it's still above average. Yeah, that's um, still really good. I loved how grounded it was in comparison to all the other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a guy rip his skin off and show a red face but aside from that it was that, a mask it was a mask yeah it was a mask yeah aside from i that, thought it was i think I the tesseract was the most science fictional thing in it and even if you took yeah. away the tesseract and you replaced and it with guns. something else it could have still been grounded yeah so i really like that um i so something i really loved in this was actually the first couple scenes with Red Skull. Okay. Um, when he invades the town in Norway. Oh, yes. I believe it was yes. Norway. Uh, Tornsburg, I believe it was. Um, which I, I love that that later becomes New Ad- New Asgard. Um, I didn't realize that. I love that. that. Yeah, so that same town becomes New Asgard uh, post Endgame? Infinity War? Yeah, Endgame. Um, no, I'm trying to remember Infinity the exact War. moment. It was after exact Infinity moment. War. Yeah, it was after Infinity War. Um, but yeah, so that becomes new new Asgard, which is so fun. Um, but I love that scene because he literally like walks in. You immediately see that his strength, because he's trying to, like four guys are trying to open this casket and they can't do it and he does it with ease. And so you're like, okay, this guy, he's strong. Something's up with him. Um finds the Tesseract by threatening the town and then proceeds to kill the entire town anyways. And so I just love, like, you, like, I think this is one of the first villains you actually see the, like, cruelty of. Um, yeah. That they're willing to go, is like, to any length. Because um, I feel like in other 
like you see the cruelty in other other villains in, in the MCU like previously, but not to like the level of like threatening children and like you know no. like him and like he full on just said like the the guardian of the tesseract i'm sure you have grandchildren out there i will kill them and then proceeds to give the order to kill the entire town and shoots the guy and it really pushes the the nazi aspect i feel like yeah. a lot of times that's what we do with movies that have nazis portrayed where it is like you want your audience to know these are nazis and that they are the wrong people. They're the evil people. And so you make them that type of character where they're like, I want to go kill the children. And immediately yeah. you get your audience like, I don't, no, I like, don't like this person. Yeah. 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 It's almost as bad as like when you have your evil person like kick a dog or kick an animal. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't know what it is about like our society, but like you could have somebody pull a gun on a child and everyone will hate that person. But as soon as you have that person shoot a dog, like shoot an animal or a pet, they want to murder that person. <laughs> yeah. And that's just how it works in movies. And that's kind of uh, like the, um, how I felt with the first movie is, uh, the Kingsman where they have to shoot oh, the dog. Kingsman? Yeah. At that moment. I was like, Oh my gosh, this, <laughs> this organization, <laughs> but yeah. it's that aspect of dogs, cats. Well, maybe not cats, <laughs> but like I would animals. say all pets. Yeah. I'd say like pets and animals, yeah. They just they have a way of pulling on your heartstrings. They do. Um but kind of going back to Captain America, something that I really appreciated about the story aspect um that I didn't notice on other pl- like other watches until this one cuz it's kind of a, a slight line. Like um and again it has to do with Red Skull actually. Uh, in one of his like solo parts where he's talking to some Nazi like generals and they're mad because Hydra isn't supplying the weapons that they were, they were told that they were going to be given. And Red Skull says, I do not like match Hitler's view of the Aryan race anymore. And that's why I've been punished to this base in the middle of nowhere. And I never caught that before. And it's because hmm. his skin is different now once he took the super soldier serum and now he's all red and everything. So he doesn't look like the Aryan race that Hitler wanted the world to look like. And so that's why he's been banished to the far corner of wherever they are. Um, that's interesting. And so I, really, I never caught that. I, yeah. And I, that's honestly something I really loved about the overall story because in my other watches, I've always enjoyed this movie, but I was always like, why would Red Skull break off from Nazi Germany? Like, Nazi Germany was a powerful force. That's men at your disposal. That's like, it makes sense if you're waging a war on the world. You need a government's backing because they have civilians. They can You can go and be like, hey, you're drafted. Come fight. You have soldiers. You have supplies. You have resources. You have all these things because wars are expensive. And so as an organization... It's a lot harder, or a corporation, it's a lot harder to wage a war than a government, yeah, like a country. And so I was like, why would, he's a smart person, why would he break off from a government that can give him resources? Like, that logically, that didn't make sense to me. Um, but then I heard that, and I'm like, oh, because they're all pissed at him right now. Like, not pissed at him, but like, Hitler doesn't like him anymore, because he doesn't look the way that Hitler wants the world to look. So... He's going to not give him the resources that he needs. And so I was like, that's cool. I really appreciated that. So there are little things like that, little nuggets throughout the film that I really appreciated. Um, so I actually gave this an eight, um, which is a pretty high score. But And for some of the other reasons I talked about before, of like Steve and Bucky's relationship felt really natural to me. Peggy and Steve's relationship also felt really natural to me. Um. And I just love the way they do Steve's cons- character very consistently throughout the entire film, that he never gives up, no matter what are the odds. Um, and you can see that when he's driving through Brooklyn, and he's like, "Oh, I was beaten up there. I was beaten up there." And like, he never gave up, yeah. even before he was, you know, the strongest guy in the world. Um, oh. But yeah, I love that. Okay, sorry, I kind of rambled there for a while. Oh, you're all good. So you gave it an eight. I, did. I gave it a seven. 
I think that's still pretty good for the story. So we're going to go into directing, cinematography, and transitions next. What do you think, Tim? Oh, man. Um, okay. I loved parts of it. I had questions about other parts of it. And they were more about like story structure and like like explanations um, within the story, which I think fall in directing. Um, the things I loved. Uh, the beginning portion of like the ship and everything I thought was great. It sets a cool tone, gets, you know, some really cool musical scores going and gets like the Captain America theme going, which I, I love the theme. I'll talk about more in like the score and the sound. Um, there were some, a couple little moments that I really loved that like, I'm trying to think the right words that paralleled what was going on, even though it had nothing to do with what was happening. So, for example, there's a moment in the theater before Steve got the super soldier serum where he's sitting in the theater watching a commercial that was like all about, you know, fight either, you know, enlist or work in a factory or do what you can. The world's at war. And the one guy's like, play the movie already. Like, gosh, come on. And Steve's like, hey, shut up, shut up right when the big guy stands up and like turns around to fight Steve, the movie and the narration talks about the soldiers overseas fighting. And they're like, they're going to stop at nothing, no matter the size of like the enemy. And it's right as the guy stands up and he's like huge. Um, And so I thought that was an awesome parallel of like showing like this guy is not going to give up no matter who's in front of him. And I thought that was a really cool little editing choice. Um, And also I'm all I every time I watch this movie, I'm super impressed in how they made um Chris Evans look so tiny. Like it's yeah. to me it still doesn't look it still looks good. Like it does not look bad. And there are other movies that like do stuff like this that it looks fake. Like you can tell like oh that's CGI'd or that's not real. But to me this movie still looks really good and I was super curious about it. So I was like okay, this like this movie came out years, like 10 years ago. There's no way this, this looks as good as it did. And it still does. And it still looks amazingly well. So I'm very impressed by it. Yeah, I, I think the CGI here was just very well developed. And I think all of Phase 1 is that way. There isn't yeah. really a single Phase 1 movie that doesn't feel like it, they actually took their time. And they really wanted it to, it to shine. And then on top of that, like what you were saying with transitions, with the theater uh, scene, my favorite transition is actually, there's two. One is the war transitions. So when he finally decides to fight and he's Captain America, he's done doing the propaganda and he goes off to save Bucky. After that all happens, I believe it's after, there's a transition of like, fight after fight after fight after I like that fight. montage yeah like a montage and it is just so well developed so good. that like every time i watch it i get goosebumps it's such a good same. scene same yeah and then it immediate immediately goes into the train scene and so mm-hmm. you get this like fun like montage of all the howling commandos all together fighting together and then it leads to the last time they're fighting together oh and it's just it's a really so good directing style and then on top of that it's a world war ii movie esque it's not a full world war ii movie we're not talking about like saving private ryan and those type of war movies but you can have the feeling that you're watching one of those even yeah. though you know it's a superhero movie it's a cool yeah. development they have and it's a really nice stylistic choice for Captain America. The mm-hmm. last thing I have to say about directing a cinematography, well, maybe two. I have a couple more things, so you're good. Is the chase scene. So this is a scene he becomes Captain America, oh, yeah, doesn't yeah, know yeah. how to use his powers or like how strong he is. And he chases after the guy that shot the German doctor. Mm-hmm. And we get this scene that is very seamless. And yet shows Chris Evans, Captain America, really trying to learn what he can and cannot do anymore after being a scrawny kid. 
because like yeah. he's slipping on his feet. If you just watch like very small oh, tidbits of the scene, very awkward. He's running yeah. into cars and there's times where he's turning a corner. You can actually see him like paddle his feet a little bit and like trying to get back on track, like as if you're running mm-hmm. too fast. And yeah. it's not something that a normal person does. Not unless you're like on ice or something like that. He does fall into a window later on. So it's a little bit more in your Obvious. face. But he does it at the beginning as well. And there's just these little moments that I like that the director shows you. It's one of those show don't tell moments mm-hmm. of him learning to be the Captain America. Like physically. Yeah, I think that I love that scene. Um it's so good. Uh, I So a couple other things I love about the directing style. I'm going to kind of do a rapid fire. The comedy isn't overdone. No, it's not. Like it has some comedic moments. There's some really funny moments in the movie, but it's not overdone. It's very subtle. And I think that's so good. Um, I think that's kind of something that our modern MCU could take a note from because it's comedy all the time in the modern MCU. And we've talked about it before, but I think this movie does a great job of kind of balancing that and making it to where not, it's not all about the comedy. It's about the story. And it, it really shows that it's a World War II war movie. Um, I love that. Uh, I also love that the shield, well, love is a strong word. I kind of like that the shield doesn't obey physics. Like, and that's kind of a <laughs> yeah. joke throughout all of his movies that the shield does it, you know, it does whatever. <laughs> it does not obey physics at all. And it's great. Um, I think the one time that the CGI does not look good. Every other time this movie looks amazing location wise, you know, setting wise, um, like the, the locations that they're filming in look amazing except one time. And it's towards the end of the film when Steve is running through the Hydra hangar to try to catch the red skull on the plane um before he gets in the car and he's like running through the hangar oh yes i know what you're talking about it looks bad like you can obviously tell that chris evans is running on a green screen and it doesn't look good i'm sorry (laughs) it doesn't it didn't then it doesn't now but one scene in a whole movie that looks bad like that's not bad that's pretty good um and i have a question for you now no that's my question so end of the film they're on the ship, right? Flying right before the fight. You know, he's on the land landing gear. He goes up into the plane, gets out into the the little hangar with the the drop ships. Are those ships? Are they bombs? Like, what are they? Like, in the actual like plane itself. Yes. So the things like yeah, and he has the whole fight where like the th- the ship the plane thing drops out of the ship, and he's like ejects the guy and then hops in and because it doesn't have any guns on it it looks like is it a bomb like, i thought, it were, to, I each thought one's they were bombs because the whole idea yeah. of him crashing into it was to save everyone from the explosion of the ship yes but the thing is okay because each one's labeled with a city so i thought they were bombs too and like like kamikaze where the pilots like yeah. they're full-on kamikaze pilots that's what i thought too but on this viewing i was realizing so the New York one drops from the ship. And first of all, if they're bombs, they're dro- like they were dropping way too soon. Like I felt like he was still a, a while out from where like from the East Coast. Yeah, that's true. Like they're way too soon for that. Right? But you know, they're trying to make it dramatic and exciting and you know, cool. Okay. I can get over that. But then he takes over the New York one, ejects the guy hops in closes the top and is like circling the ship and then he crash lands on the ship and full-on crash lands on the ship and like plows into it if it's a bomb it should have exploded it should have exploded right yeah so i'm like it's one of those that they actually make fun of it in a deleted scene in endgame um in endgame uh don Cheadle's character comes out and he looks at captain america they're looking at the tesseract and he looks at him and is like, so you crashed the ship. And he's like, yep. And all the stuff was on board still. He's like, yep. And you couldn't jump out before it 
crash? And he's like, no time. And he just like, what? And so they made fun of it. And Captain America was very much like, nope, I had to do it. There was no time left. But they do acknowledge it in the deleted scene. But it's still one of those that I do have to say that's a plot hole. Like that was the probably yeah, one of the first big a, plot holes. That's a pretty big plot hole. And like, like even just like before you even get to the fact that he could have ejected, he could have, you know, tried to land on the ice or something, you know, like before you even get to those portions of the plot hole, mine was just, are the little ships within the ship, are they bombs? Are they ships? And if they are bombs, that should have blown up the whole ship when he crash landed. But that was my big plot hole, which kind of dropped me down a little bit. Uh, But I still gave it a high score of a seven. I got seven and a half. Yeah, I felt the cinematography was great. I felt like everything else was really good except those small moments. So I gave it a seven. Now, I do want to skip around a bit because I kind of want to talk about color right after after this because directing style and the color. So for me, the color category, I gave it a six. I'm just going to say right out, it's a six. It's above average for me. However, the reason I gave it above average in comparison to some of the other movies we did, I actually really like the muted colors of this movie. It really Mm -hmm. gives you that kind of war aspect of a movie. And in addition to that, this kind of goes alongside directing a bit. But there are scenes that are very misty, rainy looking coloring, especially during the propaganda like kind of era of the movie. And I, I think it really did wonders for the emotions and the characters and portraying like who Captain America is and his feelings without once again telling you. I would 100% agree. And even like a step further than that, I felt like each scene and location had almost a slight filter on it um, within yes. the muted yes. colors. Like when you were in the war room scenes where the British intelligence and the American intelligence and Cap and the commandos were strategizing, it was at bronze hues. And then when you were with Red Skull, it was like more like industrial, yes. like cold hues. And there was each scene had different hues to it. And I, lo- I really enjoyed that, actually. Now, as much as I enjoyed the colors of the movie, costumes were a bit different, though. For me, the only two very well done, like, first off, Captain America's suit by the end of the movie is probably one of my favorite Captain America suits. I think it's awesome. I think the I think colors... So cool. I love it. With the colors muted a little bit, it just feels like a natural look for his character. Yeah. Unlike, I also love, like, the, like, he has, like, the muted, like, red, white, and blue, and he has, like, the, the straps on top of it. Exactly. Of actual pockets and other things he's going to need, and those were just, like norm they literally just took the suit muted the colors and added on a vest you know not even a vest but like just you know random pockets and straps that he was needing exactly i thought that was awesome aside from captain america the winter soldier which i really like that suit as well for captain america me too this is one of my favorites because once you hit avengers and you hit age of ultron specifically age of ultron they're so bright and I'm just not a fan yeah. of how brightly colored red, white, and blue it is because it just makes you feel like this isn't a grounded character. This isn't a character who's, I'm going to do everything I can regardless of if it kills me because it's right. It's yeah. It feels more of like he's a child or like he's a comedy character just by what he's wearing. I mm-hmm. really, really like the suit in this movie. Unfortunately... Bucky's really the only other one that I actually really liked what they gave him to wear throughout the entire movie between the uniforms and even the tatteredness that he had when he got saved. I think those were very well done. And when he was on the train scene, I liked the suit he was wearing there, especially Mm -hmm. when he got the uh, Captain America shield at one point. It just kind of like, it just felt good. Yeah. And that's all I can say. Like, the rest of the characters I don't feel like had very well designed. It was well designed for the period. Yeah. And I think that's the important part. I think is, is it's important that not everyone else was flashy and like everyone else's standard, like uniforms. And I felt like, I felt like all the commandos had good 
pieces like the bowler hat was a fun little touch each of them had yeah. like little things that like defined their character but it was i think it was i think that in its simplicity showed how like the well done of it um because they were just kind of like they were you know standard issue uniforms you know they're not going to be flashy they're going to be very symmetrical they're very you know similar they're going to look the same the only reason the commandos look different is they're a special unit so they kind of can take their own special things um and so i kind of enjoyed that aspect um but yeah i kind of i i do agree there's nothing really to write home about yeah because like every war movie is going to have that like it would have been different if these characters had like a very significant thing about them but like peggy tommy lee jones character howard stark they all had a very generic uniform costume whatever you want to say it is yeah. And they're like, aside from the Howling Commandos and Bucky and Cap, who all had their iconic pieces, no one else did. Even when they were yeah. training or when Captain America was learning to be a soldier uh, before he got the serum or even the German doctor. Even actually, even Red Skull didn't have like a very iconic. Leathers. Yeah. <laughs> leather so jackets for, was his thing <laughs> for me it, it was a six i really liked it the good things and yet i was eh with some of the others yeah um i will say kind of jumping like continuing on that um they could have done some really cool stuff with howard stark because he was like one of the richest men in the world at that time and so he could have they could have had him dress and like he had a, he was wearing nice you know suits and stuff but it didn't feel like i would say the tony the tony stark look like when tony stark in any of the marvel movies walks in a room when he's wearing a suit and looking nice you can tell that he's the richest man in that room yeah because of the suit he's wearing like he doesn't say it but just the way he wears the suit and the suit itself you're like wow this guy this guy's got money and I feel like you missed that a little bit with Howard. And it's the only thing that you make makes you realize that is because of the name. Yeah. And so I, I feel would, like you could have had some cool moments with that, with him. I would add that to the directing and maybe the story where the Howard Stark we knew from Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 didn't feel like the Howard Stark from this one. And they eventually mesh it pretty well once you get to like Civil yeah. War and all that. But at this point, it feels like two completely different characters. And it doesn't help that there were two different actors portraying the character. It does not. <laughs> but even the personality they had just didn't feel like it. The more cold Howard that we had in Iron Man 2. Exactly. Iron Man 1 and like the all about the work and I'm going to get this cold, you know, not a great father. And we'll and eventually the get that friendly. fleshed out where it was more of a an interpretation of Tony Stark. Because once we get to like Civil yeah. War and things like that, we learn, no, he was a great father. He focused on Tony fully. It just wasn't portrayed in his mind that way. Yeah. And we, so. I think we even get more so a nice conclusion to it in Endgame. When, yes. they, when Tony and him have that interaction. Um, something that I kind of, I go back and forth on whether I like it or not. It's uh, It was very, very easy to see that red equals bad, blue equals good. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, like Cap had a very blue, you know, helmet and suit. And then Red Skull, obviously the bright red skull. And it was red, bad, blue, good. And it's like, I go back and forth on whether or not I like it or not, but I, it's an observation that I wanted, just wanted to point out. Last observation about that, because I actually really like this. I will say one of my favorite little tiny details they made in this movie is when, before the, he even peels off his face to show Red Skull, yes. he shoots someone, and the Hydra badge he has has a blood mark on the like the head of it. And it's your indicator, hey, this is a red skull if you haven't figured it out. But that yes. subtle detail of color on that white badge was really awesome. pops. Like it, it was really nice. Yeah, that and there's another thing I love too, is when uh Cap and Red Skull meet for the first time, Cap punches him. And you see in his like eye socket the mask shift a little bit because he got hit in the face. 
and you see the bright red in between his eye and the mask, um, like where you'd have like normal like bags under your eyes. And I love that little detail of like, oh, like what's going on there? Like it doesn't yeah. quite explicitly say it. A couple seconds later, he rips the mask off and you realize. But I love just the little things like that. Um, like little details don't have to have. That's more of like directing and stuff. But yeah. I gave this a seven. Okay. Not bad. So it right seems like yours. I'm like a little bit under you for each of these. Yeah. So last category, which would be sound. We kind of, we, we had a quick conversation before we started recording and it seemed like we had very different scores. So I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah. It's just one of those that I'm still, I'm very iffy on. I liked it. Okay. Some of the sound effects they did were really cool, especially once they got into more of the energy weapons in the middle yeah. of like an actual like guns and war. I think that was cool. Like they mixed it well. The sound mixing mm-hmm. was very well done. The score though, there are elements and there's parts of the movie that I remember the score. I remember the feeling I got when watching it. Okay. But there's others that I'm like, man, what what was playing during that time? I don't remember. All I remember is the scene. And so for me, a score is really good and well done when you can like feel the emotion of the scene just by thinking of it because that's really what the music is supposed to be doing. That's what the yeah. score does. It brings that emotion out. And some of the big ones would be I I remember the scene of him crashing the plane, looking at Peggy's watch mm-hmm. because I remember the strings. I believe it was strings. I hope it was strings at this point, <laughs> but like, I remember that score there. So that was really good. I couldn't tell you what was playing when he became captain America though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. So like I'm iffy on this. There was mm-hmm. some good and there was some that I was like, well, I don't remember. Um, overall, I gave it a six because like I do okay. like the the mixing. I did like some of the score. I just wasn't very much like this is something I want on my soundtrack when I'm like studying or this is something I want yeah. listening to just on a car drive. There mm-hmm. are some Marvel movies that I will do that. Yeah. This one's just not one of them. That makes sense. Uh, I'm going to start off with the things I agreed that you said. Um, I love the sound of the energy weapons. Like, oh, they sound so good. Like, oh, man. like it, It's that, that drop of sci-fi in this war movie that just makes it for me. Um, it's just a nice little sprinkling of different. Because you kind of get these moments of like you're used to a war movie. Especially during like the, I think I'm thinking of the montage like where the the commandos are going like from victory to victory to victory. And you don't have a lot of the like, pew, pew, like sound of the laser guns. And you're just hearing like the normal bullets and seeing explosions. And you kind of almost forget there's that sci-fi element for a second. And then you hear it again. And you're like, oh yeah, like these people have such like a technological advantage. Um, so I love that. I also really love the sound of the Tesseract. Like every time, you, like they interact with the tesseract, and there's that like, like um, ambiance glow. Like I can, I, it's the only way I can describe it is like the ambiance glow, like you know, type of thing. Sound, it's awesome. I really appreciate it, and it just it sounds so cool. Now, what I dis- like, I also agree with. Before I get into that, I also agree with the mixing of sound and everything. I love that. But what I disagree with, I love this soundtrack. I think it's awesome. Like the trumpets, the like, like let's do this type of songs, like Captain America's theme. I It's so good and I appreciate it so much. And I really do love it. Um, and so like I know what was playing when he became Captain America because it's a, it's a subtle version of his theme. To, and it's like, you know, building up um and so those moments really are awesome and i really love it and i actually do have some of the songs from this movie in my like studying working playlist (laughs) Um, okay so i do listen to them because i really enjoy them um another thing i love is 
the director uh, composer for this for the soundtrack wasn't afraid to not put music in at certain points and i think that's super important and really cool in scenes um the absence of a soundtrack because i think a lot of movies will use a great soundtrack and we'll just overuse it at times and it's like okay this is really good i love the music but you're using it a little too much at times like let me just hear what's going on um so for example the the scene where bucky died and he fell you have the interrogation scene with um tommy lee jones and um what's his face the bad scientist guy what's his name uh oh i know this i know red skull's Uh, right hand man armandola zolo yes zola there it is thank you i was like that was gonna drive me crazy so he interrogates zola has that whole scene and then peggy goes and finds cap in the same bar that they were at before they the the howling commandos went off and did their thing um and there's and she walks through the bar and the entire time she's walking through the bar and sits down with cap there is no soundtrack you hear some sirens sometimes in the background but it's mainly her walking on the destroyed bar because it's in london during world war ii so it's being bombed and it's destroyed and it's her stepping on broken glass and wood and all of that and i love the absence of the soundtrack and then they sit down and have a conversation and then as they're talking and as she's like helping him pro like you know process and grieve the loss of bucky the soundtrack slowly fades in and it's just such a good moment that it's the lack of soundtrack to the soundtrack and then it continues on with the planning and attacking of the final Hydra base. And so it's just like the soundtrack in those moments, they weren't afraid to have a lack of soundtrack in those scenes. I can see so, that. You're, you're getting me nine. close to bumping mine up a bit <laughs> because that <laughs> well, does make sense. And I, I, I remember those scenes and yeah. Yeah. It, it made you feel an emotion that music just couldn't do. That you yeah. needed that silence. It's kind of like yeah, um, I think how Dunkirk, uh, one of my yes. favorite Christopher Nolan movies, Dunkirk does that very well. Where it's mm-hmm. there's areas in that where the music stops, but there's a ticking still, and that mm-hmm. ticking yeah. still brings you that anxiety a bit. Well, Captain America doesn't have a ticking, but it does bring you that sense of grieving. Yeah, and I think that's important is in the scene of where Cap is grieving, and I think the audience is grieving too, the lack of music to... Because I feel like sometimes music is a comfort. Like having those sad strings, having those sad melodies in you know the minor keys where you're feeling the sadness and the weight of the music, the lack of that makes it feel empty. And it gives you almost a subconscious feeling of how Cap is feeling inside like the emptiness and the loss of his best friend. Um, and so I love moments like that. Um, but I gave it a nine. So I gave the score and sound a nine. All so, right. For for me, I think you bumped it up. It's going to be a seven for me. Because like, I, I do like that. And I was thinking about it. I'm looking at my list for color. And I spoke a lot of good things about color. Like a lot of good things. And I put a six down. So I bumped that up to a 7.5 because really the color, there was a lot more positive than there was like that one negative. So yeah, just so everyone knows, than mine now. just so everyone knows color is 7.5 for me. Sound is going to be a seven. So I think nice. this movie, this movie was good. I really it's enjoyed a good this movie. One. It was It's a great movie. And I think honestly, like it doesn't have the best soundtrack of all time, but it's a no. good soundtrack. I think there was nothing nothing bad about this movie in my opinion like there's little moments that are not up to par and but like there's nothing that's like excruciatingly bad and like there's other things in the other marvel movies that we've talked about so far that i'm like man uh that like i didn't enjoy that at all like there's some really bad acting or really bad this or that this is like the first one for me that i was like man i really enjoyed this movie beginning to end and there wasn't really anything bad 
bad about it. There was little elements that I can nitpick, but yeah, that's that's my two cents. All right. So overall then, what was your average for this movie? My average was an eight. An eight? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine, my highest one so far. <laughs> mine is a 7.5. And so nice. this would actually be my highest one as well. Um, We may want to go back once we're done with phase one and maybe redo our th- Iron Man one. Iron Man? Probably not a bad just idea. Just for the new skill that we've had. But yeah, as of right now, Captain America is my number one as well. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, what'd you think of the Stan Lee cameo? We actually, I'm not going to say out of curiosity because we ask it every single time we do an MCU watch, which, what'd you think of the Stan Lee cameo? Stan Lee cameo. Oh gosh. Why can't I think of it? Uh, context. It was right after Cap rescued Bucky. And he, like, is getting the Medal of Honor. And he doesn't show up. And so the guy comes out and goes, like, he's not showing up. And Stanley's one of the generals in the crowd. That's he right. Goes, I thought he'd be taller. That's right. Honestly, it was okay. Like, it was okay. It was funny. It was a funny moment. It was, it was one of those moments like, hey, Stanley. Exactly. And but it wasn't it. like some of the other ones where it was like, okay, that was good. Like, uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed that one. Like, I would actually watch that. I was like, oh, yeah. He took a sip of the blood of the Hulk. But, like, yeah, with this one, it's just more of like, oh, there he is. Yeah, Um, I agree. Like, it was, it's ironic that, like, some of the other movies we didn't enjoy as much had a lot better Stanley cameos. Like, I'm thinking Thor. Like, Thor was a very average movie. Like, very average, but had a great Stanley cameo. It did. And then this one is a great film. But had an all right Stanley cameo. There's yeah. definitely better ones. Post credit scene. I actually would rank this one as one of my favorites of the phase so far. I would agree because this is when the Avengers trailer dropped. It did, but didn't it also have? Was Captain America running out on the street? Was that was not the post credit scene? No, right? that was. It the was very when end of the he movie. was punching the um the bag. The that was the post credit. Yeah. Well, it was the actual just full trailer, like. Because that scene of him punching the trailer is in, like, punching the punchy bag is in the trailer. And so it was just gotcha. the the full trailer release for Avengers, which I actually really enjoyed. Because it's, like, thinking in the got context you of... Yeah, like, it got you, it got you so excited because you see everyone. You see, like, everyone's coming together. You see an interaction between Thor and Iron Man for the first time. Like, they say something to each other. And it's like, oh, dang, like, they're actually, like, this is actually happening. Like, oh my gosh. And so I that got me excited to watch it again. And it gets, got me excited, you know, because it brought back all the memories of going to see the Avengers on at midnight. You know, because I, I, that was the first one I saw, not first movie ever I saw a midnight release, but the first of the MCU movies I saw a midnight release. Yeah. And so yeah. it brought back those memories. Well, overall, I can say that Captain America is probably still my favorite of phase one until i watch avengers again but i've seen avenger enough times that i think captain america is still for me is the one i would watch but we'll see i want to see how it ranks because personally i think avengers is going to be the best rated one that we do of phase one yeah it might be but it's not my favorite one so we'll see and then we'll have to do like a whole Phase one in review. Review, yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Avengers is the first Disney acquired? Or is it after Avengers? Avengers was Disney, but part of me is thinking Captain America and Thor were also Disney. I thought they were, I thought that was pre Disney. I know Iron Man 2 is prior to Disney. Well, I think that the um the first Walt Disney one was the Avengers, but yes. uh, Captain America, Thor, and really all the ones before those were they were still Marvel Studios, but they were distributed by Paramount Pictures. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because I think Disney just at that point bought Marvel Studios, and 
Denzel yeah, just they kind of like or, engulf them, kind of like they did yeah. with Lucasfilm. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, Disney is taking over. Honestly, though, um, <laughs> I would like to see more studios doing more things. I would love to have seen maybe Marvel be distributed by multiple companies, but still yeah. under the Marvel umbrella. But unfortunately, Disney's taking it over, and Phase Four. You can tell Marvel or Disney has taken it over, unfortunately. Not in a good way. No. Like, honestly, if you asked me pre-phase four that if I was if I wanted Disney to take over everything, I probably would have said yes. And I'm like, heck yeah, let Disney take it over. It's like they're doing great. Da, da, da. But now I'm like, guys, you drop you're dropping you're dropping the ball. Yeah. Your standard is been set high by yourself. And now you're kind of you're kind of screwing that up, so you better better make it better. Exactly. Well, that seems to be all the time we have today. Um, we're going to be coming out with some more content. We're going to hopefully. I'm going to. We're going to put this on record right now. I'm in the middle of my schooling, and it's it's hard. I'm I'm in a class that it, it's rough. So we're going to try, and when I mean try, we're going to push with everything we can to get content out every week. However, we may skip a week every now and then. But we, we will always be trying, is what I'm we trying to try say. We will try our best, yeah. <laughs> so, catch us next week. We'll, we got a lot of things. like We have those director deep dives we really want to do, and we have a lot of um, interesting concepts of maybe doing some... Uh, sagas trilogies i know we talked about back to the future at one point between the two of us and maybe indiana jones and stuff like that so be on the lookout for some more movie and tv show based podcasts heck yeah i'm excited take it over oh boy we release episodes every monday 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 Share with your friends, share with your coworkers, share with your barista. When you go and see a movie, share it with the guy that's taking your ticket and telling you where to go. Uh, share it with your local veteran. Um, just share it with people. <laughs> share <it> with your <laughs> friends. <laughs> share. <laughs> Let people listen to us. We like to talk about nerdy things. Um, so share. Did I say share enough times? I don't think I said I share think so. enough times. I think you have. <laughs> um, also leave a review follow us on social media we've been posting when we see new films and what kind of our thoughts we like to ask questions too so if you're following us on social media and you see one of our tweets that's saying like hey i just saw the rings of power or i just saw prey or i just saw this what'd you think leave a comment about what you thought or if you're gonna watch it leave a comment saying you're gonna watch it interact with us we're friendly people uh write a review of the podcast so we can you know learn and do better and improve because that's what we want to do we want to talk about nerdy things and get better at it but yeah so look out for things coming we're excited it's gonna be good because you know it's all keep to me